the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager with you. I don't comment almost ever on the private lives of public figures, even when there are raunchy stories out there. I just don't... I, I, I choose stories to talk about, issues to talk about, based, one, on significance, and two, on interest. Raunchy stories have interest, but no significance. So I don't bother with them. This is not a raunchy story, but it is a private uh, thing that was done. But it is so, it is so wrong that I have to comment on it. Nancy Pelosi getting a, uh, a haircut and blow dry and everything, no mask on. Now, by the way, you see the difference between her and me. Here you go. I I go to, uh, I illegally get haircuts, proudly, because of the contempt I have for the mediocrity with power known as Gavin Newsom, a despicable human being who has no uh, care for the average person living in his state. He has contempt for the average citizen, as all Democrats do. They use you. The left uses people. There's never been an, a, a, an instance where it has not been true. Not liberals, leftists. Liberals are naive, weak, but they're not cruel. The difference between Nancy Pelosi and me is very simple. I get a haircut and announce it. Proudly announce it. I will not be a peon to, to the, the fool with power. I don't even know why he has the power. I am stunned that America allows a governor to tell people how to live their lives the way he does. I'm stunned. This is not the land of the free and the home of the brave that I grew up in. I was speaking to my 90, I guess she's about 95-year-old aunt in a nursing home, still no visitors, half a year in Florida. And she's a remarkable woman. Just a remarkable woman, my aunt Chippy, and uh, she uh, she was saying to me how she doesn't recognize this country. I mean, I, I don't think she hears my show, and she she was reciting almost verbatim things that I have said, and she even said, "What happened to the land of the free and the home of the brave?" You don't have to be 95 to remember when that was was the case in the United States. The deterioration of California under left-wing rule from the freest, happiest, most optimistic, most opportunity-giving state to the depressed, fecal matter-ridden uh, state that it is 
and people vote for more fecal matter. <laughs> That's what you do if you vote Democrat. So she goes, she gets a haircut and styling of her hair. And she's supportive. See, uh, that's the difference. I have contempt and anger at these rules, these moronic, life-suppressing rules in the state of California. She adulates them and then violates them. And then they make up some excuse. Well, did you see that? I mean, I, it, did, you, did you read? It wasn't like... Look, she can't say I was wrong because then if she was wrong, she's wrong in supporting it, right? And you know what? First of all, I wonder, is this covered at all outside of the conservative media? Is it? Does the New York Times have a piece on it? Does the L.A. Times? Nothing in the L.A. Times? Look, the L.A. Times is so awful. It is such a... It's unworthy of the word newspaper. It's, it's our left-wing rag sheet. Its deterioration has been dramatic, too. But remember, the left ruins, destroys everything it touches. Can't find a thing? Yeah. See, the, 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 the media lie by omission, as I always tell you, as much as they do by commission. This is what it's uh, doing... What does the L.A. Times say here? What is this? Coronavirus herd immunity is just another way to say let people die. <laughs> That's the left-wing position. Yes, they want a lockdown for... Uh, when, when it was first said by Ezekiel Emanuel, uh, one of the science advisors to Joe Biden, well, we, we're going to just have to lock down until we get a vaccine. I mean, remember how most of us thought this guy is out of his mind. That's the end of of the economy uh, as we know it. God, the the combination of stupidity and cowardice and meanness. Let people die. Why don't they say that about allowing cars on the road? Anyone who allows cars on the road has the attitude, let people die. No, I don't remember that. Uh, Because they charge every Republican with let people die. Yes, that is correct. That is the position. Let people die. What is your choice? Let people commit... So the left-wing position is let people commit suicide. Let people abuse children. Let children lose a year of their lives. Let let people riot because they have nothing else to do with their lives which they love. I, there's no doubt in my mind. They, in their hearts, they support the riots. This is the L.A. Times editorial. So they just want more lockdown. Anybody at the L.A. Times lose their job because of the lockdown? Hard to imagine. Any, at least in the top echelons. Maybe some you know, poor courier, I don't know. Yes, everybody in the L.A. Times is in danger of losing their job, but not because of the lockdown, because so few people read it. 
I told you yesterday I used to write for it regularly. There was even a time when the L.A. Times, believe it or not, on its opinion page would have on the right side of the page, column right, on the left side of the page, column left. That man was fired. And I used to often write the column right. There, There is no, uh, just like in the New York Times, there is no differing with leftism on the opinion pages. There's no differing with leftism on the news pages. I, my my uh, my piece got a lot of play and a lot of places reprinted it that the lockdown has gone from mistake to crime. The depressing part is that Americans have so accepted it. A a, a mass uh, a mass disobedience would I guess be the only thing possible. But people are afraid. So for example, if you do own a hair salon and open, you could lose your license, and that that's permanent. But that's when that's what happens when you have so much power in government. That is why the founders were so scared of big government. That was their biggest fear. Big government. They they feared basically two things: big government and the loss of virtue among the American people, because a, a democracy is as only as good as its humans in it. It what is it? It's a republic if you can keep it," said Benjamin Franklin. I don't know if we'll keep it. Well, this decision, this the this election will be certainly one example of whether or not uh, we will keep it. So they have another one. Steroids can help sick corona patients. Yes, I know. You want to know who let people die? It's the the opponents of hydroxychloroquine and zinc. They're the people. That's that's the crowd of let people die. Better that you die than the president than President Trump be right. That is the left's attitude, and a vast number of doctors have followed by compromising medicine because they loathe the president, or because they're so. They're uh, the average doctor. I've never said this. I am more knowledgeable about hydroxychloroquine and zinc than the average doctor. I have kept up with more studies. How many of them know? Uh, that uh, about the studies that have affirmed its use and the and the lack of zinc in almost every study that said it didn't do anything the dennis prager show hi dennis prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain of course i want you to know about relief factor the 100 percent drug free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first, but because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks... I found that I could climb stairs pain-free, but it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. I'm really happy. It's, it makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. 
800-500-8384. This show is now available on live video streaming on Town Hall TV, as well as our website. If you want to watch the show, not just listen, go to townhall.com and click on the Town Hall TV button. Because I'm going to make this place your home. Hi, everybody. The Nancy Pelosi story really irks me. That the Democrats get away with what they do is uh, because the left gets away with it because the press doesn't doesn't care. It's it's quite remarkable. the The gulf between us is so great, and that is between the left and the, and the rest of us is so great. That I don't even understand them. What goes on? How does Nancy Pelosi tell people to support the ruination of the hair salon business and then do it herself? What is in her mind? Isn't there? Wouldn't you, Alan, have a voice in you? I know this isn't right, but you know, okay. I, Uh, so what, they think they they don't think they know they're better than it's a class. The irony is it's a class issue. Much of leftism is a class issue. We are better than others. At the New York Times, they they believe they are morally superior. Paul Krugman and and, and Thomas Friedman and Timothy Egan and Charles Blow and the editors of the New York Times. They are. They believe we are the elite. Who is this Donald Trump? A businessman. A brash businessman. To have all that power. We should have that power. This, this is something that I've known for a long time because uh, it was explained to me. Professors are on the left in part out of anger that they don't have power. What is the saying? The, uh, the there's so much internecine fighting among professors because there's so little to fight over. The, the, they they don't have they don't they have power. I mean, they have the power to influence a generation. That's a lot of power. But they want political power. They want to be venerated in society. The Donald Trumps. There are the, we are the deplorables. Those of us who do not genuflect before a Ph.D. They, they are the enlightened. That's their view. So Nancy Pelosi does not believe that the rules that apply to, to Joe Smith apply to her. She is a better, finer human being than the people she rules. That is their belief. I get, I, as I said, I, Dennis Prager, go for haircuts. I proudly violate Gavin Newsom's despicable, life-crushing, irrational laws with pride. But she agrees with them. She supports them and then violates them. And the price she will pay? I don't call it hypocrisy because hypocrisy is so lame compared to what she is doing. 
That's why. It doesn't come close. And there's no price. That's, that's, remember, being on the left means never having to say you're sorry. I wonder if it even bothers leftists in California that she did it. What do you think? What does the average leftist think? Too bad they caught her. I guess that's what they think. <laughs> Brett in Richmond, Virginia. Hello. Hey, Dennis. Yes. Hey, how you doing? I wanted to talk about the hypocrisy that's going on. I, I know you just mentioned it's not hypocrisy, but but now that I have you on the line, um, I actually I heard about you, and I'm from uh, watching Adam Carolla his documentary. Uh, are you guys friends in real life? Oh yeah, we're very close. He, it's a very special relationship. I, I adore that man. That that is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he tweeted yesterday about how it's okay if elderly people like you die. So I was wondering... Did he mention me by name? (laughs) I was wondering if your friend, he doesn't care care if you die? Okay, I'd like to see the tweet, and uh, I will... um, It is inconceivable to me that he doesn't care... Uh, if uh, if a 70-year-old dies, or for that matter, an 80-year-old. It is inconceivable. Uh, so uh, I would have to see the tweet, but I will tell you my position if, if I indeed fit that, that category. Uh, if It's my job to take care of myself. It is not a five-year-old's job not to go to school so that I can do whatever I want. I will do whatever I want. It's a free country. If I want to take risks, do we stop people from bungee jumping? Do we stop people from hang gliding? Do we stop people from riding motorcycles? The the rate of injury and death in in riding a motorcycle, I'm not talking about a dirt bike, is, 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 is extremely high. I have no doubt that if I saw the tweet, I would probably agree with it. You see, yeah, exactly. I mean, you're you're ruining America so that I can get more of a guarantee of not getting COVID? I don't want you to ruin America. Do you know that the irony is it's the older people who are far more resistant? You know why? Because we grew up in a free country. The contempt that people have for freedom, it's contempt. The only value in life is safety. That's it. That's the only value. Remember I said for years, health uber alles. Way, 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 decades before this this pandemic. Health uber alles. I take hydroxychloroquine every week and zinc every day. All right? I take care of myself. I take care of my immune system. And I work out. And if I die, I die. All right? That's the way it works in life. The purpose of life is not, is not to avoid death. That is not the purpose of life. It is, the, it is the purposeless who think that. And that is the left. They are purposeless. That's why they go left. It gives them purpose. 
Their inner core is empty, devoid of meaning. They are soulless. Leftism gives them meaning. The purpose of life is not to live. The purpose of life is to live fully. Okay? God bless Adam Carolla and his tweets. The Dennis Prager Show. All right, everybody. A man who's been a guest on this show over the course of decades, actually, Michael Oren. Among other things, former ambassador of Israel to the United States. And I'm going to review some things in the Middle East. By the way, this is... This is a by the way, but it's an interesting one. He has a book of stories just out, f- fiction, and the, the subjects are quite remarkable, like an alien who doesn't want to visit Earth. I don't know where you came up with that one, but I love that idea. Michael Oren, how are you? Uh, Michael's... From Knight Archer and other stories, 50 stories. Yes. That... Everyone completely, completely different. Yeah, clearly. Yes, I, an I... alien who doesn't want to visit Earth. <laughs> I love that. I don't blame him, frankly. Anyway, he'd have to go. Yeah, into, he'd have to go into quarantine. I, he looks. At, he looks at a printout of what human beings are like, and uh, you know, he has to decide: is this really worth it? Yes, exactly. Where are you right now? I am in Jaffa. I'm in beautiful Jaffa, overlooking the Mediterranean, and it's quiet. It's quiet and peaceful for the time being. Well, I want to ask you about that, and I have no idea what the, your, your answers will be. I, I have been uh, opposed to the lockdown from the beginning in the United States. I think Sweden did the only right thing. But uh, we could talk about that later, because I know the Israeli economy has been hurt terribly. I have, terribly. I have a, friends, uh, I have a dear friend uh, in the uh, tourism guide business. He, he literally has no income. He and he in, in that three quarters of a million other Israelis. Yeah, is there? Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know your position on it, uh, but I, I am curious: is there a voice, or are there voices that question the lockdown in Israel, or is is it fairly unanimous? No, it, 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 it's fairly unanimous that there should not be a lockdown. Uh, oh really? And wait, yeah, I, well, it's very different here. It's very different here. You know, in in, in the United States, the, the wearing of masks is, is a political statement. You know, you, you wear a mask and you're a Democrat. Is that true? You know, you don't wear a mask, you're you're against it. But uh, here, it's a social statement. People wear masks for older people. It's a sign of weakness and vulnerability. And this is a very young country. We have the the youngest population in any industrialized country in the world. We have the largest youngest population. Uh, people have babies uh, here. Family people get married and have big families. So young people are, are more, you know, immune. They're healthier. Um, they get corona. They they get sick. They don't necessarily get very sick. Uh, and so people are saying, you know, okay, we understand that the vulnerable people have to take precautions, but we don't have to take precautions. And the entire society and our economy shouldn't have to pay the price for that. Oh wow! But but the, they don't have they don't have any clout. Well, we had a lockdown for a certain period of time, and we, you know, we lifted it. Maybe we lifted it a little bit too fast. We had a second wave, but I think right now, after a second wave, people are saying, "Listen, as long as the hospital 
uh, yes, that should be the criteria. Collapse. We're not going to do this anymore. All right. So what, what's the state? Or is there or is there not a lockdown now? There is no lockdown. You can go into any store. You can go into any store. You can go into any restaurant. You can go to any restaurant. They prefer to have the tables outside. You can go to any restaurant. It's all wait, open. Wait, th- th- wait, 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 wait. They prefer or they have to? Can you no, they eat? don't have to. You can eat inside a restaurant. You can eat and have very, very good food. That I know. But there's no tourism. There is no tourism because they're just beginning to open up. We've just had to see 600 Israeli tourists go to Greece. Um, but no, there's no tourism now. And, and, and your friend, I understand his plight very well and his pain. There are many people, the entire tourism industry, the hotels, um, the bus drivers, uh, the you know the, the souvenirs, <laughs> concession stands, everything. Tremendous blow. Zero income. Okay, uh, what's the uh, story? How do you, how did it come about that the the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, recognized Israel? How did that come about? Well, I'm going to shock you. In many ways, we have to thank uh, President Obama. Why? Because he sought to bring the Jews and Arabs closer together through peace. Um, he brought Jews and Arabs closer but not through peace, but through common opposition to his policies toward Iran. And the, the real impetus here was the need to form a common, open alliance against Iran and fight the Iran nuclear deal, which both Sunni Arab states like the UAE and Israel view as a strategic threat to us. I think there's also... The, the All Arab right, hold on. Give me the also in a moment. I'm speaking to Michael Oren, former U.S. Ambassador to Israel. Thank you, Barack Obama, for uniting Israelis and Arabs in opposition to your positions with regard to Iran. This is what change looks like. That's right. One of the rare examples of change looking good. Hello, everybody. And Michael Oren, former U.S. excuse me, former Israeli ambassador to the U.S. And I might add, uh, you got me desirous of reading your book. I have to tell you, uh, it's it's fifty different short stories on fifty different subjects. Fifty-one, but who's counting? The Night Archer. The Night Archer. Each one completely different. Completely different. When, when did you? I have zero. I have zero ability to, to write fiction. I mean, truly, an, an inability. I, I could. I, it's like me running a marathon. Did you always know you had this in you? Uh, since I was twelve. Yeah, I had I a had feeling. No I had a feeling. Uh, stories come to me. I don't go to them. I, I totally understand that. Theories come to me. I, I, it's. It's there. People have built-in things. The Night Archer, and it's up at uh, it's up at Amazon, and back to the, uh, and it's also at DennisPrager.com. There you go, Michael Lauren. Great. Yes, sir. So, so we're talking about, about UAE, Obama, the, uh, yes, and, and how Obama united uh, Arabs and Jews against him and his policies supportive of Iran. What what an irony! What an ultimate irony! But aside from that. What else is, what or who else is responsible for this momentous thing? Well, President Trump and his team. 
of course. And, and, and they took one step, which I regard as absolutely pivotal, uh, Dennis, and it was this. For decades, not years, decades, through several administrations, every time the Palestinians left the table, they got rewarded. Remember? They told Clinton, no. They told Bush, no. They told Obama, no. And every time they left, they got more money. They got an embassy in Washington. They got 130 countries to recognize them as a state. So why go back to the negotiating table? It was insane. They, everyone gave the Palestinians the veto power over the peace process, and they always use the veto because they actually don't even have the word yes in their vocabulary. It happened since the 1930s, never mind the 1980s, the 1990s. So this Trump team came along and said, okay, end of this. If you leave the table, guess what? Not only are you not going to get rewarded, you're going to get punished. We're going to recognize Jerusalem as Israel's capital. We're going to cut off aid to UNRWA and other corrupt Palestinian agencies. And guess what? We're not going to sit around and wait for you guys to say yes. We're going to move ahead and make a bilateral relationship between Israel and Sunni Arab countries. This is what they did. And it seems like so elementary, doesn't it? Dennis? It seems like you know, really, like no one ever thought of it. God, of course, of course. It's, really, it's a game changer. So who's next? Well, we hope. And Jared Kushner did a you know a tour around the region. Uh, didn't come back very you know optimistic about the possibility of Bahrain, Oman, the Saudis. My gut feeling tells me that if this relationship works out well, and there's no reason why it shouldn't, because we're wedding the two Ds, the most innovative country in the world, with one of the wealthiest countries in the world. People begin to prosper because of this relationship. Uh, the other countries are not going to be able to sit on the side, especially if the Palestinians continue to reject any overtures to peace. So I think it's a matter of time, but it will happen. How is the reaction? Is there like this uh, eruption of hatred uh, in parts of the Arab world, like among Palestinians against the UAE? No, nah, a little bit. Not much. You know, for years and years, I was always here to... You know, if the United States casts a veto against the anti-Israeli uh, resolution in the UN, if, if America moves its embassy uh, to Jerusalem, if the Arab world is going to go up in flames, if American embassies are going to go up in flames, there's going to be a third intifada. And every time, you know what happens? Exactly nothing. That's right. And this time, too, there, there are some condemnations, but I'm actually in Jaffa here. I'm in a mixed Arab Jewish city. I went you know, shopping with my, my Arab grocer today, Mohammed. Um, quiet, quiet, quiet. That's fascinating. What about the annexation issue? Did it, has it died? Is it uh, in limbo? What's the story? I think it's in abeyance you know, for the time being. I mean, you know, people want to show that there's a dividend for Israel, you know, holding back on annexation. Uh, by the way, I never even used the term annexation. I don't think uh, people can annex its own ho- homeland. I prefer to say extending Israeli sovereignty uh, over Judea and Samaria. Um, and I think it's going to remain an issue in Israeli politics. Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu is going to be facing his, his, his biggest opposition is not from the left, it's from the right, uh, from someone like Naftali Bennett, who has excoriated him uh, for not proceeding with the annexation. And that's a, a popular position among a great number of Israelis. One final thing, uh, I have very strong uh, feelings about this, as you probably know, but I want to know your feelings. There is an increasing uh, alienation among American Jews as they drift leftward uh, to, 
an alienation from Israel, which is which is unprecedented in American Jewish history. Any comments? They don't get it. <laughs> you know, in my mind, I've never told anybody this. You're the first one. Listen to this. I have, I have an imaginary conversation in my mind between me and my great-grandfather living in a shtetl in Lithuania. Shtetl is a little Jewish village, just let me explain. A little okay. Jewish village, okay? And, and I say to him, you know, guess what? In another hundred years, there's going to be an, a Jewish state in the land of Israel. And it's going to have an army that's more than twice as big as the British and French armies combined. And it's going to have five or six of the leading universities in the world, and, and, and more Nobel Prizes per capita than any country in the world. It's going to be a world leader in innovation. I go on and on and on and on. But, but I'm going to say, we're going to have a problem with, with another people, the Palestinians, who, though we've offered them peace many times, keep on rejecting it. And because of that, a lot of American Jews you know, have a problem with that. Yes, all right. Listen, I know you got to go. Everybody, we got his book up there, The Night Archer. Thank you, Michael Oren. The Beach Boys. California was once the beacon of hope, happiness, freedom, and then the left took over. It's a depressed state. It, literally depressed. No, I mean literally as people are walking around depressed. Gavin Newsom is one of the lowlifes of uh, political history. The damage that he has done to people's lives, it, it, is, it is almost not paralleled in American history of an American damaging so many people's lives as this nothing who is the governor. You know that he and his wife, San Francisco Chronicle reported two years ago, he and his wife pick up their dog poop with a bag with Donald Trump's face on it. This, this is the level, the level of governor, and he won't call his wife his wife. He's too woke. He calls her partner. She's the first partner. The left is disgusting. Gavin Newsom is on the left. But he's, uh, he, that, that's it. They outdo one another for damage. And people vote for them. That's the amazing thing. People vote for Democrats. I just, I could cry, actually, because I love this country. Vote for people who wish to destroy this country. You'll get more money if you do. That's the way it is. Leonard in uh, Spring, Texas. Hello. How you doing, sir? Okay, thank you. So, like I told your name is Leonard Lazar. I'm a former uh, Democrat, 71 years old, black male. So, uh, I voted for President Trump in the last election because I realized that Democrats were full of lies. That they they eventually they became the party of uh, Jim Jones of, of Jonestown, Guyana. That's a cult. The America. It's like a cult. They left America because of racism. 
and just like the people in Diana, I drank the Kool-Aid. Of course, it's not poisonous now, but I did drink the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. So, so here's my question. We, here is my question. I salute you, my friend. How 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 many other blacks feel as you do? Okay, in my family, I'm on an island by mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. Even my wife is not with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that is that is that hard to break? So so I pretty much been a Democrat all my life. So. I know the thinking. I know the thinking. Yes, you certainly do. Well, we need people like you. There is a Blexit movement, Black Exit from the Democrats. May it prosper. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Alan's story. I've been in back pain since my early 20s. Now I'm 51. In my early 20s, I worked for the state prison. I got injured and I was off work for about a year. I'm now a train engineer. I basically sit all day long. My wife making me take relief factor literally changed my life. I don't feel like I'm 20 again, but my back does. Everyone knows you want something drug-free. You want something that will help your own body deal with the inflammation that can often cause pain. In your neck, back, shoulder, hip, knee, or foot. Actually, even general aches and pains from just getting older, exercise, everyday living, all can be a real problem, even keeping you from sleeping through the night. So here's what I suggest you do. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father-son owners of Relief Factor, have created what they call a three-week quick start. It's a trial pack, and they've discounted it to just $19.95. That's about a dollar a day, and after that, about the cost of a cup of coffee a day to stay out of pain. That's a three-week quick start for just $19.95, and you should know this. About 70% of the people who order the three-week quick start for just $19.95 go on to order more. So do what so many others have already done. Take Pete and Seth Talbot up on their offer and go to relieffactor.com and order the three-week quick start. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. 